welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. I am very excited today to have Lewis River coming on to our podcast. So, hey, River, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, my name is Luis Rivera, as you just said. So, River, tell us a little bit about where you are and what you're doing right now. What, what group are you with? Okay, so I'm a staffing director for La Llanada International, specifically in Venezuela. Uh, I live here in Venezuela, and I've been doing this for the past 15, 16 years. I've already lost count. Most of the people in the camping industry, I started as, out as a camper. And I just fell in love with it from a very early age. I already knew that my dream was to be a camp director someday. Living the dream. Living the dream. I love it. I love it. So I understand you run a traditional sleep and day camp program. And you have programs in Venezuela, Florida, Texas, and Spain. Uh, And the sleep away programs are what you guys refer to as uh, a competition centric. Can you tell us about that, what that means? Yes, thank you very much for that question. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, we define ourselves as competition centric because that's something that guides our program throughout the whole season. The kids, uh, the best way to describe it is kind of like the Harry Potter houses. So when they arrive, they, they start by getting divided into two subgroups. Uh, which we call Janeros and Patriotas, which has uh, a specific meaning to it. But they will be competing throughout the whole season and everything, everything they do is worth points. So if their cabins are organized and tidy and, and they, they've made their beds, if they are well-behaved, if they are contributing to the, to the whole experience of camping throughout, but we also do a lot of special events. So we have at least one or two special events a day where they will be competing head to head in order to earn these points. Uh, much like everyone else, we are at stay at home orders. So we are working from home as much as we can. We've been doing this session with the campers, uh, this regular weekly uh, sessions where we send a Zoom link to all of our campers and we tell them to be there with, with their parents. And we do these different games, but much like our program that is competition-centric, we generally just divide them in the two big groups and we also do a lot of competition. It's a little bit chaotic used, using these virtual tools to do it, but it has been really interesting to, to see how you can adapt. So we quickly discovered that you can change the names of the participants in order to put their teams first. So it's uh, team one, their name, team two, the name. And that, that makes it a lot easier to attribute the points to whichever team uh, has earned them. And it's always a competition between teams because one of the things we want to generate is, is this uh, sense of belonging to something bigger than, you, than yourself, right? I'm fascinated by that. And now, will, will these subgroups that you've uh, split them up into for now, will that be reflective of how they are split up during the summer? Will you carry this forward? into the summer as well? thing is competitions for us is a means to an end. So we use competition in order to create a community, in order to create drive, in order to create passion. So general competition starts and ends. It's, it's not an infinite game. It's not, it's not something that carries on. You have a team 
with which you accomplish some goals and you try to, to, to earn your points and you try to be your very best. But at the end of every competition, we celebrate your points. We celebrate whether you win or we learn from our losses. Uh, but that doesn't really carry over from one year to the next or from one competition to the next. It lasts a session uh, or a season uh, at most, but it's always something that's, that's finite. The, the relationship we build, the, the experiences we build, those last forever, but, but the competition has a very clear ending. That's awesome. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The relationships are really what you're, you're looking for and, and, that's the important part and not necessarily that I'm on that team with River and Al, but I know Al. I know River. They're my friends. I've connected with them. That's awesome. I'm fascinated, uh, River, that you, you said when you were talking about the competition and that it builds community. But one of the key things that you said was that whether you win or you learn from your losses, I think that's one of the most important things that we can help uh, kids and young people learn and that's that kind of resiliency component is that something that you've learned and where did where did that come from for you how how did you pick up on that well i love this question because it really it really tackles uh something that's very deeply uh emotional to me as a kid i was the the scrawny little kid that 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 wasn't really physical that 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 was a little bit on the nerdy side to say it some way but but I wasn't really into sports. I wasn't really into any team sports. In fact, I remember clearly a conversation I had with a counselor where he asked me, what sport did I like? And the only answer I could keep him was climbing and, and swimming. And then he asked me, well, well, those are very different sports. Why, why those two in particular? And my answer was really revealing at the time. I didn't know it, but as I've been exploring it, uh, it, it was because I didn't have to be on a team. I can just perform by myself. And that was me back then. In camp, I, I understood that whatever skills I have, whatever, whatever good I can bring to the table is valuable if I'm part of something bigger. And those things that I cannot, that maybe I'm not good at, I can help somebody, I can support somebody else to do it if we're part of a, of a team, if we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, and that's kind of the experience. That's kind of the, the lesson I want my kids to learn, that, that they don't have to be good at everything. They can just be good at, at a couple of things, but they, when they belong to something bigger, they will get support in, in all of the activities. And the only responsibility they have is to give support back, which actually feels quite good once you get the hang of it. Once you start getting into the team songs and once you start getting into the team spirits and the team colors, you realize that there's a lot of people out there that got your back. And it's not only the counselors, that's, that's their responsibility, but maybe an older kid that wants to win. And just because he wants to win, he will support you and he will help you and he will help you over, overcome all of your uh, difficulties, all of your barriers in order to perform your very best. And that to me was really revealing. That to me was uh, a game changer, a life changer, really. And I decided that that would be my life's goal, to teach people that competition is not this terrible thing where people win and, and some people lose and, and people get frustrated, but rather this tool we can use in order to build communities that support each other and that have a common goal, really. It's Go fantastic. I love that. Um, as a lot of our listeners know, uh, I'm a uh, John Maxwell trainer and coach, 
And one of the books that he wrote is Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And so I'm, I'm just fascinated by your story and what a great opportunity that you have that you've invested what you learned at a young age into what you're doing now. So River, I mean, we're yes. all we're all thinking of like what's going on in the world and, and our programs running. Has, have you and, and down in Venezuela, have you guys, dis, when's your normal start date for camp? What are you thinking right now? And how do you think if camp runs or not, how do you feel the summer is going to be a little different this summer? Okay, so Venezuelan summer starts a little bit later than, than the United States and most uh, other regions. So we start at mid-July generally. So we are quite optimistic on, 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 on the idea that we will have a regular summer. We will have our campers go into our overnight uh, camp and, and everything will go according to plan. We are doing a lot of things in order to adapt. Uh, so we are really revising what our what our policies will be with regards to symptoms related to COVID-19 uh, and, and, and other symptoms. We are really overhauling our, our whole medical policies. We are also really taking a, a, a fine look at how will we check campers before they arrive to camp? If they've had any symptoms, how, how will that go forward? But it, it's really, we don't really have an answer, a clear answer right now, but we're evaluating all of the options, much like everyone else. Have you developed uh, or have you found yourself doing and developing skills that you had no expectation of knowing during this crisis, during this time? Well, actually, I had, uh, I had really... Um, I had this goal uh, of recording these videos, these training videos, and, and starting doing a lot of things. And at the start of the crisis, I said, well, this is the time. I, I cannot leave my home, so I'm, I'm going to uh, set up my camera, start recording myself. And actually, what I did realize was that I wasn't really good at it at all. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the opposite thing happened. I, I realized that I didn't feel good doing it. I didn't feel good reviewing my takes. I didn't feel good reviewing my videos. But that made me think, well, I still want this to, to happen. I, I still want this to be something I can offer my campers and to be something I can offer my staff. So what I did is what I learned to do as a teammate. I, I looked to my counselors. I looked to my uh, leadership staff. And I tell them, hey, we need to build videos. So how can I support you so we can have this? And I started finding people that could record themselves, people who could provide the material, people who could provide the, the, the audio clips, people who could edit the whole thing. And, and that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're working in right now. I'm not, I don't have to be the front man. I don't have to be the one in front of the camera. I can just have the idea and support people in order for that idea to occur. Those are fantastic lessons. Wow. I'm so impressed with that. Yeah. I, I really, I really appreciate knowing your limits and knowing your ability and what you can and can't do. And then bringing your team in and getting them involved. You know, the more people are involved in the planning of our, any program, camp, after school, preschool, whatever, the more ownership the frontline staff have. That's great. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. And we'll be right back. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. 
So welcome back. We're here online with uh, River talking about some of the things that he's learning during this crisis uh, and about his camp program, which is just one of the most fascinating things that uh, I've heard in quite some time. Um, so River, what are some things that have changed for you that you think you will now will continue to do over and beyond this crisis? Well, definitely. Um... I've always said that I wanted to get more people involved in staff training. So I didn't want to be the, the only one giving out the message, but I never found like the courage or the, or the drive to do it. Either I involve other people or, or we just don't do any staff training during this period. And that's something I want to keep. That's something I want to, I, I want to keep doing. I want to keep involving more people. And, and, and now that they've got like, you know, they've got the bug, <laughs> they've been, uh, they've got the, the training bug and the training drive. And, you know, they, they see that it's not really that uh, intimidating and it's very gratifying once you go through the whole process. Uh, I believe that they'll be more open to whenever I, I write to them. So who wants to help me do this training or who wants to help me plan out this session for, for the staff? Can you tell us about one of those leaders and how they're stepping up for you? Or yeah, surely there's, there's this guy who he actually, he has a quite a nice story. He's always been very driven and very involved in the camping community in Venezuela, different from the United States camp staff generally kind of marries the one one camp and they always become returning staff and and there's quite a lot of jealousy there that uh, my staff members don't go to any other camps and and other camps staff members don't come to my camp but this one actually belonged to one uh camp that sadly had to close its doors uh, about two years or three years ago due to the whole crisis here in venezuela and he he knew me from all the conferences and whatnot and and he asked me if he could belong to my camp and i told him look your camp has closed its doors so so sure why not welcome abroad welcome aboard and in just two years he has managed to 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 prove the rest of the staff at the, at the beginning they were a little bit uh you know cautious about him he comes from another place other cultures or other other traditions or their camp or their programming and and he really uh, stepped up and 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 showed them that hey I have a lot of experience in here I may not understand everything that's going on here especially with the whole competition thing but but I want to learn and and he's become a part of the leadership staff already and and he's just a great guy very very interested in helping in any way he can for everything we do I've always believed that. Uh folks will be attracted to good leadership. And obviously that's what's happening for you and your camp program. What are you doing personally to kind of stay grounded and flow through this? You seem so chipper and, and just very happy about everything that's going on right now. I wouldn't say I'm happy about everything I'm go that's going on right now. Uh, to be honest, I started in a very dark place. I came home from the Tri-State uh, Conference, and of course, I was worried. I was worried, am I going to be the one that, that brings coronavirus to Venezuela? I, I was just in the New York area, and I'm going to quarantine myself. And at the beginning, I, it was just me and, and my partner who, who was with me at the Tri-State that, that were self-quarantining at our houses a couple of days before the whole thing, like, blew up and, and, and everyone was uh, quarantining. So I started really uh, a little bit depressed and, and 
I'm not a morning person in general, but, but things just went out of proportion. I, I started waking up at 12 uh, in, uh, at midday and, uh, and even later. So at one time, I started to get desperate that I wasn't really achieving any of my objectives. And, and I, I just couldn't bring myself to blame it on the, on the virus and on the situation. I, I blame it on myself. So that really got me down. But then I just realized if I'm the one to blame, then I'm the one to change it. So what I did is actually that list over there in the chalkboard. I did a little to-do list that I'm forcing myself to do every day before 9.30 a.m. And it's just the most basic stuff. So get up and do your bed. Have a shower. Uh, do five minutes of exercises. Uh, 10 minutes of meditation. Go have breakfast. And if you tick all of the boxes before 9.30, and only if you tick all of the boxes before 9.30, then I can have one of the candies I brought from the United States. You guys make the best candy, by the way. What candy did you, what candy is your favorite candy? We're going to jump in off topic on this one. So right, right before I went to the Tri-State Conference, I was in New York. So I went to the Hershey's factory, the, huh. the, the, the one in Times Square. And I bought, I think it's a four pound bag or something like that, full of individually wrapped chocolates. And it has like Reese's, it has just regular milk chocolate. It has uh, cookies and cream. It also has one that, that, that I didn't know about. It's this little balls full of uh, milky delight. It's, it's delicious, really. The only way I can access this, this stash is if I check off everything before 9.30. If I don't check all of the boxes, then that's a day without candy. Everybody needs to stop. They need to rewind about a minute and a half and listen to that again. That was probably some of the best advice. So yeah, uh, that, that's what I've been doing. And, and today's a happy day. Today, good candy. So, Well, because <laughs> you're on with us, River, you should, you should give yourself an extra piece of candy because you did this with us today. So I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it a lot. So Thank River, you, you know, we're, we're all inundated with thousands of pieces of information and, and helping hands and people out in the community saying, you know, help us and we can help you. And, and, and I think the world is becoming a little smaller in the fact of connecting with, with not just Zoom and Skype and all these amazing visual connectors, but opportunities to connect through Facebook and social media. Talk to me about someone you're seeing, not necessarily in your camp, but in the global community and you're, you're connected that are stepping up as leaders and really someone you're like, hey, you should listen to this person or you should grab onto what he or she or they are saying and they have a really good message and, and they're inspiring. Uh, well, yeah, definitely. I would recommend the watch parties that Chris Thurber is uh, throwing out basically daily. They're very fun. It's just his kids playing music sometimes and, and things like that. It, it's good. It's good natured fun and, and it helps connect and then you can chat with people there. Also the the Slack uh, the Slack page that, that Travis Allison created uh, with a whole lot of concentrating solutions, really focusing on, 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 on solutions to what we're leaving right now and what's camp going to look like after COVID-19. It's really a positive outtake because people are really, really focusing on the bright side of, of what are we going to improve after this and how are we going to solve this crisis instead of, of I'm feeling um, bad about this. So those two are really stepping up as leaders, definitely. Uh, his, do his document is amazing. His document has everything you need. If you're, if you're asking yourself right now, how am I going to communicate with parents about COVID-19? Just search out Travis Allison, go to his 
to his uh, web page and he has a document there that has everything step by step outlined there. Yeah, I, w I would agree 100%. Uh, they're doing great things. Uh, Travis is on Go Camp Pro. I really suggest uh, you can also, if you're a camp person, join the Summer Camp Professionals Facebook page. It's got a lot, a lot of information out there. River, I'm curious, is there a... Um... Uh, a, a camp organization in Venezuela like the American Camp Association, or is there a group of you that gather and support one another as well? Yes, there is. It's called uh, Asoed Camp, which is uh, Asociación Venezolana de Campamentos, basically Venezuelan Camping Association. And it's pretty much the same as the ACA, but smaller. We are uh, uh, quite smaller as a country. And sadly, it's been a little bit inactive the past year and a half. Uh, we, camps have really taken it hard, the whole Venezuelan crisis. And I'm afraid that it's not going to be any better now with the COVID crisis. However, the camps that, that have managed like mine stay afloat and to uh, drive things forward are very, are very committed into making it happen again and reviving and the whole camping community and the whole camping industry here in our country. That's amazing. I'd like you to imagine yourself six months from now, looking back at all this, looking back at, you know, summer camp is over, this crisis is over. What, what would that version of yourself tell you that would inspire you today? Thank you for that question, Al. That's a very, very deep question. So I think the, the main thing that we can all take out from this is that together we can really accomplish great things. I mean, this COVID-19 crisis is something that nobody can solve on their own. And we're seeing it everywhere. We see how people are really recognizing the value of their healthcare professionals and finding ways to support them. And without that support, they really cannot do anything. Without uh, a good support from government uh, and, and enterprises and, and, and industries creating these ventilators, I mean, they, they have the best will possible and, and they are really sacrificing themselves to sometimes to the full extent but if they don't have ventilators, they cannot do it. So industry has to step in and, and we as a society doing our social distancing and, and staying home and staying safe, we really are doing our part. And, and at the end, I think that the best outtake that as a global community, as a whole, we will all be able to tell ourselves is that we can uh, really overcome anything as long as we're together, as long as we work together. I was gonna echo that and say we can. Yeah, that was we can. that was that was great, River. Thank you That's so a much. Great response. Yeah, that was Sorry. and the perfect way to wrap this podcast up. River, um, is there anything else you want to tell the tell the world? Hopefully we'll get the world listening, but uh anything else you want to shout out or tell us? Uh, tell us how to reach you. How can people get a hold of you? So if you want to get in contact with me, you can contact me at river at lianada.com. It will be posted on the webpage. So don't worry about pronunciation and that sort of things. Uh, I'm all ears. I love contributing whatever I can to the camping community. Uh, I hope my experience can be of use uh, to you guys. And also, I'm guessing most of our audience will start at the United States. Uh, I want to tell you guys there's a big world out there of camping. There are huge camps uh, all over the world and joining the international camping community, uh, it's, it's a great deal. This year was supposed to be the ICF International Camping Congress in China. Right now it's being postponed. We don't really know when uh, will it be, but I really would recommend everyone to look up the ICF. 
the International Camping Fellowship. Uh, international camping is the next big step for everyone. Thank you, River, for taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, we really appreciate it. Stay healthy, stay well. And we're going to cut to another commercial and join us at the end of the commercial with uh, Al and I wrapping up. Thanks to our friends at Expert Online Trading for supporting the Youth Development Professional Guidebook podcast. Al, you used Expert Online Training at your summer camp. I did, actually. I used them for several seasons at the last camp that I was the executive director. When we were trying to decide the items that we would present during our staff orientation week, there were so many things that we left out. And when Expert Online Training came along, it was like, oh, we can do this ahead of camp. And then people come in and they're already prepared. We even added on to our, our support staff, our directing team components so that we'd all be on the same page prior to doing our support staff training as well. It just really made a huge difference. And expert online training has some great folks who present uh, the kind of people that you'd want to see at conferences or that you do make time to see at the different conferences throughout the year. That sounds so awesome. So if you're interested in looking for the highest quality online training for your youth programs, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Thanks again for all their support. Welcome back from commercial break. Uh, that was just an amazing segment. I really, really, really enjoyed and want to thank River for joining us. Tell me one of the main takeaways you got from talking to River today. Number one, River is a thoughtful leader. What an amazing impact that he must be having in his community. I'm fascinated that his program, this whole program about competition and how he, his story of how he learned that as a youth that, and how competition leads to community. And then he said the, the, the exact quote at the end, he said, together we can accomplish great things. So the competition that he's learned, that whole emphasis in, in that programming and his outcome, he's putting into practice in what he's doing with the people he's leading. There's a great John Maxwell quote that says, be a river, not a reservoir. That's, that's awesome. It was funny, as we were talking, I'm thinking, you know, one of the things I got from this was just learning about him. He's doing amazing things with his camp and his community, but learning about him and the little stream that he was when he was a little kid, right? And now he's this, this strong river flowing through Venezuela and all the way to the U.S. and connecting us all was was just really inspiring. I really enjoyed our time together and really wish him and and everyone out there the best of luck, healthy, safe programming. We really appreciate you guys listening to us and we will talk to you the next time.